Aloha guys and welcome back to the Vicious Cycle Podcast. Well, pretty excited back in action, fingers crossed. Got the old Vicious Cycle steaming through Honolulu Harbor as we speak. 1100 RPMs, 7.8 knots, fury. Heading back out. It's been, uh, been nearly a month we've been down. Uh, got our new transmission in place. Um, so far, so good. We took her on a test run yesterday. Gauges all look good. Temperature looks good. Effortlessly uh, shifting back and forth. So, pretty excited about that. I got slightly distracted for a second. There was some giant splash next to my boat. I'm not sure what that was. It just caught out of the corner of my eye. I'm guessing it was probably a humpback. Guessing that was probably a humpback. Once in a while, they get up here in the shallows, so pretty cool. But anyways, I uh, just want to touch base. Want to thank all you guys again for uh, all the support and uh, all the listening. Uh, means a lot to me, and uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback. But uh, now it's time for me to go fishing, and uh, and away we go. We'll be fishing. Oh, at this rate, sometime in about 24 hours, and. Uh, yeah, just excited to get back out there. The reports are slow, but uh, you know the one thing about fishing is that uh, every day is a new day. So just kind of always have to take that with a grain of salt whenever you're here for fishing reports and just go out there and uh, find your own fish. You know, you can't catch someone else's fish. So we'll see what we can do. I, uh, you know, I always get very comfortable when I'm on my boat. I always feel very much at ease when I'm going offshore. I never really stress catching fish once I'm actually on the boat. Most of my stress always comes back at land. Um, you know, fishing has always taken care of me, so I don't really stress over the fishing part of it. We have some slow trips and tough trips, but honestly, the vast majority of my life, fishing has taken really good care of me, so I have full faith in it. I didn't sleep particularly well last night, and. The, slept until about 4 a.m., but then 4 a.m. 4 a.m. on, I just couldn't sleep, and uh, doesn't really matter how many years I've been fishing, I just, I'm still just that excited to go after, you know, after all these years, every trip, I'm still just that anxious to go, and I think that a lot of times is just a sign that, you know, you're, I don't want to say you're living life right, per se, but at least you're, you know, you're doing something you still love, and uh, it makes life definitely a lot more enjoyable. You know, I. It's kind of crazy to think, you know, it's been twenty some odd years since I started getting paid to go fishing, and uh, man, I just there's some days I'm just still so amped and so excited to go fishing that I just can't sleep the day before. You, you think that would go away, and it just it just hasn't, you know, and. Uh, Especially when I've been down for a little while. You know, I haven't been running the boat for about a month now. And uh, that's a long time. That's like a lifetime for me. I've been very fortunate that I, I at least got to get some great inside fishing um, done. And so big shout out to those guys that were letting me fish with them. And that definitely carried me uh, morale-wise and financially through the month. So thank you very much, gentlemen, for that. And... Uh, but yeah, I got the boat back out now, and uh, weather's beautiful. 
got uh, Diamond Head on my left. I got a Coast Guard uh, buoy boat right in front of me. It looks like it's the Walnut heading out directly in front of me. And uh, if they bang a turn to the right, I won't be going to the right because that probably means they're going to go check buoy three, which means that I won't be going to check buoy three. I'll probably just head straight to the straight to the mountain and see what's happening down there, and then adjust accordingly. But uh, yeah, anyways, just want to thank you guys and uh, let you know that I'll be gone anywhere from three to three to seven days, I suppose. Uh, again, if you're enjoying listening, please leave a review. If you got questions, concerns, there is a option to leave me a voicemail on the Anchor app. Please do. If you have something you want to say, something you don't like something we're saying, something you do like what we're saying, uh, you want to be featured on the show, please leave a message on the voicemail option and I will be happy to listen to it. And, uh, If it's not too ridiculous, or it's absolutely ridiculous, I'm sure it will make it on the show. So, again, thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we will have uh, a good report when we get back in from fishing, uh, sending positive vibes, and I hope you guys have a uh, a great uh, great week. Uh, Until I see you next time. Aloha. Thank you. You know what? I got totally distracted by that big splash next to my boat, uh, which ultimately ended up being a humpback. I saw off the the port quarter afterwards. But uh, I forgot to address the questions that I was going to answer in the very first place. So, uh, the first question I had was, deep dropping around Hawaii, do I think that is a viable fishery? If so, where would I try? Around 250 fathoms. I think that's a great question. I believe that there is a lot of work left to be done uh, with the sword fishery around Hawaii, Um, especially because I have gotten my hands at one point on um, some Japanese and Taiwanese uh, longline reports that uh, showed a lot of a a lot of landings um, around the Hawaiian Islands before uh, before. Uh, 1976, before the Magnuson Stevenson's Act, when the uh, when the U.S. Uh, put up the uh, EEZ, the Exclusive Economic Zone, which uh, gave our domestic fishermen a 200 uh, mile buffer. Uh, if you look at the fishery previous to that, uh, there was a lot of landings of swordfish. What was particularly interesting is that a lot of them were very, very close. Um, so. Yes, I think uh, I think there is definitely potential. Um, I've been experimenting with deep dropping gear. Definitely not the same as doing it with the rod and reel. The question really pertained to whether I believe the Florida style deep dropping would work here, and I think it would. Um, I think it's probably seasonal. I don't know about how that works in Florida. I don't know if that's a year-round fishery. Uh, and maybe I'm even wrong about that. Maybe we just see them uh, seasonally, but... Uh, we definitely catch them ikashibi, and we do see them on the surface. Uh, usually somewhere April, May, June, and occasionally into July, you'll see them uh, tailing down sea. So we know they're around. Um, you know what kind of numbers and what uh, you know what kind of uh, action there is down deep. I think that's really left 
to be seen. I know a couple guys that have played with a little bit. I mean, I played with a little bit on the mountain and had marginal success. I've caught a few. I mean, I haven't been denied, but the trade-off for me has always been um, that a lot of times, the amount of time that I was screwing around with trying to deep drop, I could have caught more tunas. So um, I haven't really figured out a really, truly economical, viable uh, solution or system for what I've been doing yet. But my guess is that um, if people put some time in out here, uh, I, I think there probably is plenty of swordfish to be caught. I mean, if you eat kashibi long enough, you run into them on occasion. So, you know, on a pr pretty regular basis around the big island, not necessarily big, but they're certainly not rare. Um, so they're around. I think somebody uh, that devoted some serious time to it could probably... Uh, figure something out. That's my belief anyways. Um, oh, did we get the vaccines? Uh, so some guys were wondering, I had posted up the other day, uh, wondering if there was vaccines at Pier 38 because I had heard that there was going to be uh, for fishermen and uh, there was supposed to be vaccines today from one until five, but uh, I guess it was a Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine, and as probably some of you guys saw, that uh, the day before they just took that, uh, they took that, they took that off the market, or I don't know if you call it the market, but they're no longer doing that uh, because of uh, questions related to blood clots. So, no, me and the boys are still unvaccinated, and uh, I'm not sure when that will happen for our age bracket. Uh, to be honest, my guys are all pretty concerned about it now. Now they. You know, now, now they don't want to get them. So their body, their choice. This was a better question, though. Um, greenhorns. Have I ever been hazed? Okay, so yeah. Was I ever hazed as a greenhorn? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say really, really hazed. I mean, I know on some boats they just absolutely torture people. And a lot of times that has to go you know, with common sense stuff. Some guys just get absolutely worked through. Um, you know, early on, I had I worked with this one guy on a boat called The Thumper named Bubba. And uh, it was a catch-22 with Bubba. Uh, on one hand, he would protect me like a pit bull. Uh, but on the other hand, he loved to torture me. He would just always be just teasing me. And... Uh, so that was very early on. You know, I was 13, 14, 15 years old, something like that. And, uh, yeah, he would just, he was relentless. He would do the kind of stuff where, like, you have the, the hose turned off, and he'd be like, oh, the hose isn't working. I need you to, to look at it, blow on it. Well, meanwhile, his hand's by the switch, and then he'd pull it out, and next thing you know, I got sprayed in the face, and then he'd turn it off, like, oh, here, try it again. And then, you know, after a couple times, you get wised up to that. That was one of his favorite tricks. But probably the best I've ever got burnt. It didn't even happen until I was much older. It wasn't so much a greenhorn trick as just learning the ropes trick. Uh, it was the first day I ever went to Cairns, Australia. So, I got to Cairns, and uh, well, I should say the first day walking the dock because I got there at night, and the first night I ever got to Cairns, I, got, I went straight into the bars and got annihilated and, you know, typical traveling young 20-year-old stuff. But the following day when I was looking for work, I was walking the, uh, the piers at the, uh, the Marlin Wharf and I had met some fishermen um, and we were talking story and they said, oh yeah, yeah, you know, we should, uh, 
you know, yeah, we'll meet you for a drink later. We'll drink, we'll meet you for a drink later. And I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, great. I'm going to meet these guys. And they're like, yeah, if we're not up there at first, you know, uh, just, just hang out. We'll be there eventually. Don't worry. That's where all the fishermen drink. Well, they told me to meet them at a bar called Nutrix. So I was new to town. I said, Nutrix. Oh, that, I'm like, that sounds kind of clubby. I'm like, oh, is that like a club or something? They're like, yeah, yeah, it's a bar. It's where all the fishermen hang out. So I ended up going to this place called Nutrix and uh, I get in there. When I first get in there, there's like three women and one guy. And I thought, oh, kind of cool vibe. And then, you know, then there was a few more guys filled in and then a few more guys. And this is my, you know, this is only my second day in Australia. And I'm like, can't believe how overly friendly everyone is. I'm like, fuck, it's one guy after another after another is buying me a drink. You know, I'm there my early 20s and my spiky hair and fucking I'm like wow these guys in Australia are unreal man I heard about the shout thing where they they buy a round to drink I just I had no idea so I'm sitting there at the bar with like six drinks in front of me and it finally dawns on me as I look around I'm like the three girls that were in this place when I first got in they're now gone but this bar is just filling up more and more and more and more with dudes and I thought you know my buddy uh, Darren Isaac had told me that when he had fished down there. It was like a really sleepy town. And so he told me, don't expect much for nightlife. And so I thought, oh, geez, he wasn't kidding. Looking around this place is nothing but fucking dudes. I'm like, this is worse than Kona. And, uh, well, you know, I'm starting to put two and two together. I'm like, I don't fucking, you know, I don't really think this is a fucking straight part. But, uh, you know, the sun went down. And so it's dark and uh, there's nothing but dudes in this place. And then there was just like red flags everywhere but you know sometimes when you travel and you're not really sure with the customs I'm like fuck these guys are really nice and uh then I looked over there was a couple dudes making out and fucking I'm like I, and I'm like well that still doesn't mean it's a gay bar per se because you know like sometimes there's just those type of couples around and uh but then I look out on the dance floor they, they got the music going they got their techno beats and I look out on the dance floor and there's like four couples with no shirts on slap fighting each other and there's like this one couple that's got like these fucking strings that are like out of like an interpretive dance like fucking I don't know what you call that performance so you got these like six guys slapping each other and these other two guys that are doing like wiggle dancing with uh, with these long drawn out flags and that's when I'm finally like ah those fucking guys they get me they got me so I end up going into town, and I ran into those guys, and, I, and they're like, oh, how was new tricks? And I'm like, oh, you guys got me. They were dying laughing. So that's probably the worst I've ever been burnt, and part of it was just because I was, like, so naive being my first day in a new country that I legitimately thought that I was waiting there for these guys. Like, well, these were all the fishermen drink, but... Uh, so that was pretty funny, man, and it explained why I got, like, fucking 12 free drinks. That's probably the only time in my life that I've had that many men buy me drinks and didn't have to buy one in return. I guess the only time in my life I've ever felt like a woman in a bar. It was, I don't know. Anyways, we got out of there. That's probably the burnt. That's probably the worst I've ever got burnt. I laugh at that now. I mean, I laughed at it then. I thought, ah, hey, that's pretty good. That was a good, good joke all around. But that's probably the biggest hazing I've taken in the... Uh, that's the biggest hazing I've taken in the uh, the Greenhorn uh, department, for sure. Um, another question I'm getting a lot, and I know you guys are hearing this a lot, and you're going to... Oh, it's my podcast, so... Uh, my new book. My book. When is it available? Okay, so you'll be able to get a printed copy in about two weeks on Amazon, uh, the uh, soft cover. 
the ebook is still three to four weeks out, and that's around the same time you can get a hardcover. But in about two weeks, uh, you'll be able to get a, a soft cover. And uh, through Amazon, my my website uh, will be launching soon. I don't even want to comment it now because if you go, it won't even be open. But uh, when I get in from this trip, um, I should have a uh, a link for you, and that should be live. And uh, you'll be able to uh, buy a soft cover immediately, and uh, or at least it may be a pre-sale, like it may be like you know ten days out or something, but. Uh, more or less, you'll be able to buy a, buy a book within two weeks, um, or probably a week within when, when I get in from this trip, and uh, ebook. And then a lot of people have asked me about the audiobook. Yes, I will do an audiobook. I looked around and um, was trying to get different actors, you know, like like the pe- different people to read it, like professional. And then uh, I played with the idea back and forth whether I should actually be the one who reads it or not, and. Uh, you know, because sometimes I don't always talk how I write. So I know sometimes when I even read my own writing, I kind of like find myself stuttering a little bit. So I've been kind of torn, but a lot of people said, hey man, you should read your own book. So that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. But uh, that's further down the line. But uh, soft cover you'll be able to get in uh, just a couple weeks. And the ebook's going to be available in three to four weeks. Um, any questions, concerns, please? Don't be afraid to reach out. Again, if you're listening, please leave a message uh, on the Anchor app. I'm happy to answer any question that you may have. Thank you very much for uh, listening, and I will see you guys when I get back from fishing. Aloha.